words are powerful and they have meaning and it's not always pleasant. So as your child explores their language, they might use some words that could be seen as mean-spirited or let's just be honest, not appropriate for them or anyone else always takes us by surprise. How do you as a parent kind of train into them knowing the difference between the good words and the not so good words? Today, we'll talk about that as well as what to do when your child spits out their food. All the yucky stuff coming out of their mouth is what we're going to deal with today. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. We are glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, Mom. This is Megan from Franklin, Tennessee. My three-year-old has recently started saying stupid and dummy. Saying someone is stupid or someone is a dummy, and we obviously don't want him calling people names. We aren't sure where he actually knows what the words mean or that they can be hurtful. Do you have any advice on how to talk to him about name calling or how to address words that we don't think are appropriate to use at his age? Thanks so much. Love the show. Oh, my favorite uh, story. When I was at a toddler seminar and a family came up to me at the end and the mom said in front of the dad, she's like, look, this is a problem. And I just want to warn you, if your kids are listening right now, you may want to turn this down because um, we're going to not use a bad word, but we're going to use a word they're going to want to repeat. So the mom says... Okay, wait. Give them a few seconds, Jennifer, to turn the stuff. Turn it down. Listen to it later. Wait. Okay. Okay. So the mom says to me, he keeps saying poop at the table and my two-year-old keeps laughing at it. (laughs) So I said to her, I'm like... I love that after listening to this two and a half hour seminar that you think I would have the power to make the word poop not funny to a two-year-old boy, (laughs) but that is beyond my expertise and it will always be funny. One of our next door neighbors, they were much younger than my boys and they would wait for my boys to come home from school so that they could, when they got out of the car, that they could yell from next door, welcome home, poopy heads. Like it was the (laughs) highlight of their life. Life. And yeah. boys and girls, they all explore words. They're looking for reactions. So one of the things that we do is we watch our reactions to these things. If they get a big reaction, good or bad, they want to repeat it. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the most fun part is, you know, oh, that's so dumb or dummy or stupid. And your face is like, oh my God. And, and now all of a sudden we're all worried and, you know, running and trying to fix it. And making a big deal about it, well, then, of course, they're going to do it again, right? It was so fun to watch your face, Laura, as you said that. Your eyes got real big. Your eyebrows were like, dummy. So much fun. So fun. So fun to say it because I know it's kind of wrong. Um, So we want to, like, we want to validate that. Yeah, they're kind of exploring words. And so it's okay to say, you know, I see you're exploring some words. And there are kind words and unkind words. And we use kind words. So what is a kind word you could say instead? Will that mean that that they will 
totally master their curiosity. They are going to say these bad words sometimes. And really until they're about in the second grade, and we say this a lot, like I can make my older child say, I'm sorry to my younger child. So my three-year-old, I can make them say, I'm sorry to their sister for, you know, taking the toy out of her hands, but I cannot make them be sorry. So we can set the foundation, yes, of how to respond to that. But really, developmentally, until they're about in the first or second grade, they don't really understand other people's emotions. Like, we're still, you know, two and three, like, it's how do these arms work, you know? They're kind of consumed with just the basics of life. So when those things really have an opportunity to kick in, we've already set the foundation of how we say sorry. So when they're old enough to actually be sorry and understand that, their words or their actions affect other people's responses, words, or reactions, then we've set the stage for it. So it's okay to give them something they have to apologize for, tell them you're sorry. We can make them say they're sorry, but we cannot make them be sorry. But when they are old enough to be sorry, the foundation will be set in how to handle it. And I think a lot of times, you know, when they're saying these words or figuring out, I mean, yes, you're right. They A lot of times they don't even know what they mean, but giving them an alternative, talking mm-hmm. about the kind and the unkind, um, but don't expect it them to not say it again. They're going to say it again. And we explore that. We're humans. We're humans. And some words, it's sometimes it's just hard not to laugh as a parent with some of the words that come out of their mouths. Yeah. So... If you made the mistake of doing that, dads, we're talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Then, um, yeah, it'll take a little bit longer, but it's okay. They're going to learn. Okay, so, you know, dummy and stupid and, you know, poopy face, whatever, those are all okay. But what do we do when we get the letter or the phone call from school that it's not one of those words, it's a... You know, curse what word. we'll call a cuss word. Yeah, a curse mm-hmm. word. Is it curse or cuss? I don't know. But I said curse and you said cuss. cuss. So I'm not sure huh. which it is. Okay, if anybody could let us know. I wonder is Maybe it it's curse. Yeah. Maybe I'm cursing North and you. South? I don't, uh, know. I don't know. Is it a Northern it's a thing? Cuss. It's a cuss word. It's a cuss word here in the South. <laughs> it's a curse so. word in the North. Maybe. Maybe. We're going to have to do some exploration. Yeah, that's definitely that. what parents want to know. Like, yeah. What is the origin of that of phrase? Those words. So Very if helpful. it's a true <laughs> cuss word or curse word, according to where are you from, if it's a true cuss word, how do we address that? And, you know, because I think that then becomes us being a little more firm and a little more direct. There's consequences for cuss mm. words. Yes. Okay. And so. so I have to tell you a story when, you know, the emojis came, you know, and we have all these different options. Okay. I, of, I, don't, I, I don't even know where you're going with know, that. But I love I'm a it. a little bit nervous. Here's where we're going. <laughs> Here's where we're going. So a friend of my son's um, had to teach me the no-mojis. That's what we call them. There's like, there's some no-mojis you just can't okay, use yeah, okay. when you're in regular conversation. Because, you know, you don't know. Yeah, there's some no-mojis. We know. So this is the same kind of thing. There's some no-no words. If you need to know what the no-emojis are, we'll get you to Jennifer and she'll (laughs) let you know. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're going to have to find a friend. You know who, which friend we're talking about. You can ask them what the no-mojis are. And so what we what we want to do, there's certain no-no words. And when you use the no-no words, this is there's a consequence for those. So no-no words can have a consequence. Even if they happened at school, but your child comes home and say, oh, you used one of the no-no words at school today, and this is the consequence. And have some things in your toolbox. You'll hear us say your toolbox. Have some of those consequence things in your toolbox that you know your child doesn't like. Because the the reason we have the consequences is we don't want your kids to like it. That's the the consequence. Yeah. It just kind of puts a little blip on their conscience. And the beautiful thing about moms on call. So if we do simmer time, if we take away a privilege, if they have to go to bed early, um, you know, we have that hug moment at the end of that consequence. Always teachable because consequences without the teaching really doesn't move us forward to the goal that we're setting out. So we have, you can't just have consequences. Mm -hmm. There has to be that teachable moment. And we go over the household rules before bed every night. And those are obey daddy and mommy, don't hurt yourself and don't hurt others. You know what hurts others when we use the no, no words? And you're going to be great at using your kind words. Exactly. Did you know that research shows feeding peanut containing foods to infants can help prevent peanut allergies from developing by more than 80%. Our friends at Mission Mighty Me asked us to share this with you. I really like those odds, Laura. 80%? Like I really have an 80% chance of improving my child's development of a peanut allergy that I won't have to worry about it, worry what kids are taking into the classroom, always be on the alert. I like those odds. Now, there are some specific things that require a large amount given in from four months to five years, um, you know, just given incrementally every day. And so it's really hard to figure out how to get that much peanut or tree nut into the diet. But Mission Mighty Me figured it out. And consistency and duration are key. So there you have it. The children in the LEAP study regularly consumed peanut protein until age five to achieve that dramatic 80% reduction in peanut allergies. And here's another fact. Mission Mighty Me's puffs are designed to be wholesome, delicious for all ages, including us, so they can continue to be a part of that nutritious diet as your little one grows. Well, and as you and I know, delicious really helps. Especially when you are starting this with kids that are a little bit older. Mission Mighty Me Puffs are safe. They're delicious. And if you'd like to know a little bit more about them, visit missionmightyme.com and use the code MOMSONCALL20 for 20% off your first order. And even if we can reduce peanut allergies in children, even, you know, by one, and that's your kid, that makes a difference. Hi there. Uh, Love your show. My name is Kristen and I live in Memphis and I'm wondering how I should handle my son spitting food out that he doesn't like. 
He's two, and he's always willing to try anything on his plate, which we love and obviously want to continue to encourage. But if he doesn't like what he eats, he just spits it out anywhere, on the floor, on the table, in his cup. It's gross. He makes mess. And it's just yeah. sometimes he goes back in for another bite again, which we love, but also don't love because he just makes another mess by spitting it out. We don't want to discourage him back from trying things, but we also want to teach him that you can't just spit your food out anywhere. Or being silly, is this something that he'll like grow out of as he gets older? Just any tips. Thanks so much for your help, guys. What kind of things are our kids going to grow out of? I think that spitting food is most definitely on that list. Absolutely. But it's they, no fun while it's happening. It is so not fun. That's when we're like, get a dog. Have a dog. They'll kind of clean up a lot of that mess. <laughs> we're going to send you a puppy. That's, that's how we're going to fix this. That is what we're going to do. And, yeah. We are being sponsored by the Humane Society. <laughs> this is how this is going that's down. That's how it's going down. <sighs> Puppies for everybody. <laughs> you know, but no, I mean, I think that's just, it's part of that normal exploration. They're two years old. They can't, they're still trying to learn cause and effect, right? And oh my gosh, I'm tasting this. This is really, really cool. It looks, oh wait. That does not taste what it, what, <laughs> what it thought it was going to taste like. And it comes out and then, oh, wait, but that was kind of fun. That felt really cool when it came out of my mouth and it made a sound when it hit the cherry. How far it can it go? This is awesome, right? Yeah. You know, some of us never grow out of that curiosity. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah. That is true. But one thing that I think might would help a little bit is mm-hmm. one, yes, you could absolutely say we don't spit our food out. What I want you to do is and then give them an alternative. Right. So one thing is you could have like a little small cup or bowl that they can spit in the things that they don't like. Now, what's going to happen is things that they like are also going to go into the bowl. Mm-hmm. But that does give them something, a little container that they oh, yeah. can spit into and strive to get it there versus all over the place. Well, my my children were older. They would start having this burping when you have three boys. Oh, well, so burping yeah. contest at dinner. And I said, listen, the next person that burps, dinner's over. And except I'm not, I'm a mediocre cook. <laughs> you should know this about me. Laura is an amazing cook. She is fantastic. I, eh, meh. And so <laughs> like two nights later, I make something they don't like and they're all like burp right away, get up from the table <laughs> and they're gone. So it backfired just a little just bit. A little um, bit. however, yeah, there's a couple ways to handle it. We can address it by giving them other options. We can, uh, that's a great, like, yeah, that. you just, yeah. you do. And, um, and kind of curb it a little bit. So you serve their curiosity without necessarily making as big of a mess. Deal. Yep. You can get a puppy. We've talked about that yep. option. Get the puppy. Or we can know that it's not going to last forever. And our reaction to this, if we're not having a big reaction to it. It'll be done. Yeah. Oftentimes if, if it's not a show, it's not worth it. Because food tastes good and they get hungry. Um, So, you know, just keeping um, a normal amount of food on their plate. uh, You know, we don't want to overdo it. A toddler's stomach is the size of their own fist. So sometimes, you know, they're playing with their food because we give them so much. They got to figure out what to do with, you know, so much of it. That's a good point, Jennifer. I think a lot of times, you know, they get so overwhelmed. It's, you know, they give four or five servings. Yeah. 
all at one time and, and it's just too much. If you'll stick to two or three pieces of two or three different food groups, it might decrease that a little bit as well. Yeah. And they won't always spit. So if you want to know like how a kid is, you know, you're going to know whether or not they're just playing or whether they're actually going to eat. Or you, how many times? Like, yeah. okay, after the 10th time, can I say that they're done and we need to move on? Like, <laughs> 10 how is many a lot. times does it take? You have a lot of patience. I don't think I'd make it to 10. <laughs> well, the answer, the easy answer to that question is we don't know. Sometimes they're playing, sometimes they're hungry. Um, we we live in a culture where there's food around every corner. There's food, um, you know, several times a day. And sometimes going to bed hungry is really a helpful thing in order to kind of set the ground rules of how things work. So if you spit out more than three times, we can be done with dinner. But if you want that behavior to end for good, if we'll do that for about two nights and they don't eat again until breakfast, you will fix it in two nights. If you're, you know, want to just wait it out, if you want to get a puppy or if you want to give them, you know, the meaty, medium options that Laura and I were talking about, you can do any of those things. None of it is going to ruin them. None of it is going to make them be a spitter up into elementary school. They are going to master what they're doing. And we just want it to be fun, low stress, mealtime. If they do it too much, we can be done. Right. And I think, I mean, if we're all honest, right, and we try to be, yeah, some days I can handle that so well and it doesn't mm. bother me at all. They could s- spit and, and throw food. and Now, you have five kids, so I, I think I that the, you probably have, yeah, yeah. a long fuse. Yeah, long fuse, <laughs> right? And, and some days, yes, that's correct. Yeah. But Jennifer, I'm telling there were some days that I was like, you spit it out once and we're done here. There you go. And <laughs> look, I, but I'm looking I'm again done. at Laura's face and that confident face tells me she that she is not playing around. <laughs> now, this is when you have five kids, you get this face, you develop it. It just comes. And you guys all know you've that mom with like five kids, seven kids. Uh-huh. It's just like get in the van and all the kids are like in the van. Oh, yeah. um, so some do have more kids. Is that another way? Okay. So now we've <laughs> got get, yeah, puppy, puppies, more kids. Mm, just yeah. very unconventional ways <laughs> to stop spitting. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 